Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. The whole crew is here. We got John, Frank, and Ernie, as well as myself. Kind of a summer update. You know, with it being summer, it's just so hard to, you know, we, we try and do, uh, like we set out our goal for this year being three per month. And, um, you know, doing that isn't really a problem, but every time we miss a week, I just feel so bad, like, you know, we should be doing something else. We should be doing more. Um, so we're, we're just going to kind of go through uh, what's been going on this summer and kind of what we've got planned uh, for our seasons and changes, kind of updates on, on where we're at right now. Um, and kind of talk about some of the summer scouting and, and, and I don't know, I guess maybe a, the couple different schools of thought since we've got the the elder statesman in the room today because i mean these guys have been hunting forever and even in my time hunting with you know frank and ernie there's been a, a definite shift of uh, maybe motivation time i don't know um they uh we were, we were talking about it earlier like you know i'd, I'd been summer scouting with them previously you know long ago 10 15 years ago and now it's not you know they're they're camping every weekend they're retired they got stuff to do or nothing to do it's either life, way. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Ernie even forgot what day it was. Yeah, Ernie just about didn't show up. He forgot uh, that it was Tuesday. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, and uh, just real quick, I want to say hello, thank you uh, to all of our new Wyoming listeners. And old. Cause yeah, some, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was, but like I, I looked at. I, they're I, probably ex listeners now. Former, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and whoever on, on Facebook. Uh, put that uh, meme up that said um, the the bison in Wyoming don't care about your problems. It's like that's awesome. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, I was just looking at it and like for a while we didn't have any listeners in Hawaii or Alaska or anything like that. And it's like you know Midwest deer hunting and a couple clowns. You know <laughs> maybe we don't relate, uh, but just a big black hole in Wyoming. I just had to put a post out there. It's just, I mean, there's listeners in Rwanda, you know? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> just, I was like, come on. So, I, hey, I appreciate it. Rwanda. Rwanda. What, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and you did a girl, we you do appreciate it. We'll get to some more traditional archery here <laughs> coming up. <laughs> um, you know, but, but like I said, and so for, um, 
those uh, Wyoming guys. I've got a couple addresses. I'm going to get you some koozies sent out and some stickers. I do appreciate it. And then um, there's a guy from Maine actually that was saying, "Hey, what? You know, we're not we're not highlighted on there. So I'm still waiting for your address. Shoot me a message on Facebook, and I'll get you some stickers and some stuff out there to Maine as well." So hey, and I'll be out there uh, this October. <laughs> so well, yeah, the, you're going to be out the, east, right? Yeah, yeah, right in the main. Yeah. So so and we um we've we've got some koozies. So if you're interested in some koozies, it cost me like three dollars to ship them. So you know if you want to make a donation to the podcast, my brother said you know, two for like seven bucks or something like that. I don't care. Uh, shoot me a message. And just cover shipping, and we'll get some koozies sent out to you. We got all our Patreon people, koozies and hats and, and all of that. I've got a couple more hats if you're interested in those. John took, I put in an order, and every time John takes about half of them. So, because you don't put in enough. Really? You got to pay Do for them you, up I mean, front. I wear a hat 99%. I mean, sometimes I sleep in my hat. So, yeah. I'm already down to one. Jeez. So, anyways, I think I've only got one. If you're it, you've got two now. If you're interested in any of the, the stuff, just shoot me a message, and you know whatever I've got, we'll work something out. Just trying to get it out there, and uh, check out the new line from uh, Billy Phillips, William Phillips on Instagram. The twenty waffles. Uh, I sent him some stickers out there. Make sure you message him on there and ask him what that's all about. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's gonna be repping those here pretty soon so <laughs> uh but anyways uh yeah like i say right now as far as our summer update tomorrow actually tomorrow um is our last day to put in for um fall turkey oh, yeah. yeah so we're gonna have to do that probably when the, fu- the podcast wraps up but we're gonna do that this year uh we gotta figure out what you uh well, well, so the, the are we doing it as a? I don't. I don't think you can do it as a group or. Yeah, you can. Oh, well, so. So you can go for it's, like a it's, flock or what? <laughs> huh? But it's it's, it's a all party. there's a flock right down the street. <laughs> yeah. I almost run them over on yeah. the way over here. But it's all messed up. Yeah. It's not the same as during the spring. Yeah, they're so, different areas, and the, and the quotas yeah. are like two hundred per area for private. That that. Basically, below the rifle line is 45,000. Yeah. And you can buy one a day until they're gone. So, I think what I'm going to do, and Frank's going to do, is put in for that unit HA, like the Nuevo unit, the one that's just north of, it's where we hunt predominantly, Frank and I anyways. And there's 1,500 for that. So, Mm -hmm. it's like if, if we get one of those awesome, then we'll just buy one of the 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 ones for the the lower you don't have to put in for it yeah you do you need to apply though I think you need to apply to be able to buy a to leftover be... I, I'm not I'm not sure I haven't read into that like I said this is this is the last day and we kind of talked about it and John's like well we'll just talk about it at the podcast so I said and these guys are over here talking about hub blinds and <laughs> lots of old stories that I can't bring I was so glad we weren't live earlier on Instagram because it would have been <laughs> it would have been terrible that's right bad. There's only two people listening right now, anyways. <laughs> That's all right. Well, we we do appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so I've been out doing. I put some trail cameras out a month or so ago, and I went and checked them, and I had I got 
one buck on there and a bunch of deer moving through this one area. And the one, the other camera I thought was going to be like, that was the spot, you know, judging from terrain, looking at you know, the, watching the marsh bedding videos from Dan and Fault, like what I saw last year. And all I got is a giant bear on there. <laughs> and like one doe went one way and then the other. Um, so the, what was that one with the velvet? Yeah, that was in a that was just a different spot. That was there was a ton of deer on that one. That was in your bait pile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, speaking of that, not bait so much, but like so in all the oak trees I looked at, I found one oak tree that had acorns on it. You and better it was, hunt that one. It was a what do you say? A red oak? Red oak? Probably or, reds. Yeah. Reds or blacks? Yeah. So it was. Well, last year was a bumper crop. So. Oh yeah. But you go out in my front yard right now, that big red out there, and it's it's going to have them again this year. Yeah, loaded. And and out, out back dumping my grass, you know, I've got a couple of couple of reds right there too that are dropping. And and so that's kind of what I've been. I guess as I go through this, and I'm probably way behind from a lot of guys. But that's kind of stuff where I've never like looked up in the trees to see if there's acorns. I was always like in the season be like, oh, there's acorns here or acorns there. Yeah, they're like Not, hitting you in the head and stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, is, you know, and look for the tops that are just left. Yeah, what is uh, that? <laughs> you know, if they're going to be, if there's going to be acorns and where they're going to be. Because right. I'm like, uh, where I'm at, there's a ton of oak trees, so I just assume there's going to be acorns. Yeah, there's not an acorn on one of them except for one tree. In a, and there's a dozen trees around that have no acorns either. So, those areas though are, are something you need to key on, though. You know, I mean, in those particular spots, because what's going to happen is when is, it drops, well, yeah, once that thing drops the acorns, man, that's where they're going to be feeding. Especially be, this year, right? Exactly, because because no ninety some percent of the people won't bait anymore. That's right. You still got. You're going to have a few, right? But do. but it's a, but, it's a uh, big helper. Biggest, it's a big helper to to be able to hunt natural foods. You know, and like you were saying, they eat them maple leaves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something I gotta. Those, you know? I've got to reach out to a couple of guys and get a little bit more information on that. But you know, John wasn't there, but for the the podcast with from bed to dead and Jason, he said, you know, people don't realize that the early season, like the maple leaves, you know, those deer eat those up like like candy when they first well, start dropping. When when you killed your deer, where you killed your deer last year, the big one, those deer down there, there's no oaks at all down there at all. You you don't have any oaks until you come what mile or no. Um, so where, oh, oh the ridge across yeah. So where when you had seen that um, those big tracks, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's something I kind of want to get into too. Is um, but right there on the other side of the two track that you walk in on, there's a giant oak tree. And that was there. crazy. But I'm talking down down where you killed them back in there. There are no oak trees back in there. And those yeah, deer, but they're not that far away. No, yeah, I mean that was probably no, but a half those deer, mile. You've seen those deer walk through there when they're browsing. Yeah, you know, and they'll eat anything. Well, see, feeding you know I mean? deer. Yeah, yeah. You know where to hunt them, but yeah, they just had them killed that deer. You can see. Prime remember, time. remember the the deal up in the UP that we found where they were eating the the tops of the popple shoots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, they they eat a lot of different things. You know, <laughs> they love hostas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got ours. 
Suckers come right up to my front front windows, and just, yeah, it's like a salad bar to them. But, but yeah, so that's something you know. I I put those cameras out, and you know that's something that us here really have never done, especially on public land. You know, you put them behind the house or whatever, or if you're going hunting. I still don't own a camera. <laughs> you know, but these guys, you know, if you're hunting and you want to check out a spot and check out some hot sign or whatever, you'll throw a camera there while you're up there hunting for the week. Right. But as far as early season, that's something that I've never seen you guys do on, well, on public. When you could, when you could throw a block out or something like that, you know, but then you don't know what you're going to get. You know, you're going to get a lot of bears in the northern stuff, you know. But other than that, you know, we we'll throw a camera out. You know, if we find a spot that we want, we're interested in, you know, and we're like say we're up there for a week or three, four days, you know, we'll throw one out. But mostly, I, you know, I like to, I just like to find that sign if it's there, you know. And then Ernie, Ernie's big on that, you know, finding the the fresh sign. And hunting the fresh sign. First three days. The first, yeah. You got to hunt it right then. I used to score the first few days because I was always on it. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. You know, people people don't understand sometimes. Uh, I, I watched a, I watched a program on the, the deer, from deer and deer hunting, you know. And they study, you know, pen deer, too, you know. But they're, they're not completely free range. But... The, the they talk about the different ruts that they come into, you know, and there's three of them, you know, that they they consider are you know three different phases. Yeah, yeah. But what you don't understand too is, is how many times you go out to your first part of of you know or the last part of September, and all of a sudden, man, you're seeing these scrapes, you know, and and you're seeing you know your rubs and stuff that's where you you know that spot at that time you know is excellent and what happens around the ninth seventh eighth ninth to the 12th of october another another time when that's going to happen people think that they just they won't go to them scrapes other than you know just and when they're in the rut in in november you know but that's not true those deer use that as a and they're using it as a um a communal, you know, the does plus the young deer, the young bucks and the older bucks all use that as a as a, a, a signpost, you know. So, yeah, I think for me this year, I guess from last year was like the most successful season that I've ever had, and set the fewest amount of times. And <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I, I just, but I just feel like. You know, to some degree, it was luck. Like, it was just, I was just lucky, you know. Um, to repeat that, you know, then will give me some say, oh, okay, well, maybe I do know what I'm doing. Or maybe I'm not the world's worst bow hunter. Uh, for deer, turkey, another, another whole don't do the podcast. Um, but this year, one of the things, and I'm way behind as far as, like, where I would like to be, but I'm more focused on venison there's so many cool things that i want to do like i want to do some pastrami i want to do some some corned beef i want to do some different bigger cuts um the sausage you did was good yeah it was excellent that that was good and it was you know Mm -hmm. but that was (laughs) within our normal realm of yeah 
either steaks or grind. You just uh, took some uh, of that grind uh, and yeah, well. put it into sausage. And so that was taking it the next step. So right now was like what I'd set out at the end of last year. I said, you know, what I think would be really cool is to be able to find a deer that I wanted to kill or find a, you know, and kill something within the first week of the season um, just to kind of do that. And that, that kind of has got my mind working because the buck, the one buck that I've got on camera that was just moving through where I was hunting looks to be just like a basket eight point and uh, i definitely shoot them it's not like i'm i'm not at the point where i'm looking for you know that's the biggest deer that's i've seen on camera there so that's you know what Shooter. i'm gonna be, what i'm gonna be hunting <laughs> um but but it's not like i know that deer's pattern it's not like i've ever seen that deer before uh, i'm just gonna go out there and shoot a deer and this gave me the inner struggle you know we talked about it a bunch of times john about two buck tags one buck tag you know i want two buck tag or i want one buck buck tag but i shot two last year if i shoot it so here's the thing you know where i'm going with this i think so so if i shoot a deer that has four on one side with my first tag do i tag it with the restricted tag or if you don't, you'll be the first guy I've ever heard of in the state of Michigan that hasn't used Correct. the restricted tag right. for but, that deer. But but you understand what I'm saying. So I I feel, and I think John does too, that we should have one buck tag. That's what it should be. You know, in your experiences in Ohio, the way that they oh, manage absolutely. their deer. Yeah, sure. And, and so, the DNR in Ohio told us that one of the biggest mistakes that we've made in Michigan is to have two bucks. So, so basically, so like what Adam's talking about, like I get your point is, so you shoot your restricted buck first. Well, then basically you're like, well, that's open season for the rest. Of I can shoot a spike horn. I can shoot. Well, unless want, you're but, in an antler, you know, well, yeah, but yeah, that's, out, that's for, outside of the 12 counties. Yeah. So, well, well if you're going to, I mean, that's yeah, up to here, you. I mean, well, I know. Here, it, but here's my, here's my take on this. I'd rather shoot a doe. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, you can shoot either or, and and you don't necessarily have to shoot a buck. And a doe sometimes eats better. Well, you know. But, I mean, it's all about, I mean, so you take a doe out of the population. Well, now you have, you just eliminated a breeder. You know, depending on if it's old or young, whatever. It's still a breeder, so that's going to, now you're cutting the population down. But the other side of that, too, is... And, and to to my point, Ernie, and I've said this before on other podcasts, Ernie wants to be on the podcast, but he obviously doesn't listen to the podcast, so he's got to catch him up here real quick. Um, is that I I would I would be fine with two bucks if you killed your first buck, you went registered it or whatever, and then you were issued your second tag, and then the second tag that they issued you had to be four on one side, so you couldn't pick and choose. Right, you the that second tag would would not be valid on a smaller deer. You know, another point I want to bring up too: we're down in Ohio, um, mandatory check-in. I mean, we've got to call these rascals in constantly, right? So, Department of Natural Resources down there pretty much asked us. It says, "Well, how the hell does Michigan know how many deer they kill?" I said, "They don't have a clue. They go by surveys, 
and whatnot, and maybe go talk to the butchers and all that stuff, but they don't have an accurate count of where they're killed, what's killed. Nothing like Ohio does. No, Ohio's ninety some percent accurate. You know, they're 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 killed. They they know the county. Then you can manage the your township, deer. How it was killed, archery or gun or absolutely. Whatever. Well, even uh, it tells you the day even, it was killed, where, what, and when. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, we've we've talked about this on, on prior you know podcasts about the Ohio the structure of the Ohio system right. compared to ours. Right, and. I believe it's much better. I mean, it it has, you know, I mean. The proof know, is there, in it. There's I mean, going to be a certain percentage of guys, you know, that, that, yeah, that won't follow the rules. But for for the most part, it, all the hunting we've done down there, they follow the rules. You yeah. Know every, I mean, I mean you're, you're, they've got really, really nice bucks down there. And some of the terrain uh, isn't isn't as good as some of the stuff we got to hunt up here, is it? You know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not as far north as we are. You right, know, they, right. they don't have as harsh climate, you know, winters. But our, but our winters haven't really been that severe, you know, to where. Well, we've some had some pretty. North farther, maybe. Yeah, know. we've had some pretty pretty bad uh, storms, ice storms, stuff. You know, something that. Yeah. Things that are hard on the herds. but. Well, and I think, too, you know, what, like in our area here, what we're seeing, uh, the bear population has gotten you know, bigger and, you know, people are seeing them all the time and stuff. Well, that's, that's hard on fawns too. People don't realize how many, how many fawns are killed by, by black bears, you know, they're, they're thinking coyotes, you know, you got bobcats, you got coyotes, you got, you got just wild dogs, you know, wolves, you know, wolf, not so much here, but up, up in the UP, but then you got, uh, you know, the, the, the bear problem is, is, you know, I mean, when you got them banging on people's windows and stuff, you know, you know, they're here, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, swim across Muskegon Lake. They're residential, dude, you know, so, you know, I mean, it's, I would like to see them change the system here. Yeah. Know? I mean, I would definitely like to see them change it. It all comes down. I mean, yeah, there's so much change coming this year alone. I mean, with, with the CWD, the, CWD, the yeah. non-baiting. Yeah. So there's already enough people that are going to be in an uproar with that. Oh, yeah. They go through and say, okay, well, we can only kill one buck now. Well, and, and that's one of the things. That, yeah, yeah. That's not even a talk, though. I mean, that's just yeah. something that we talk about. Yeah. But I think there's a lot more people than just us that feel that way, too. And I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's more people that have gone out of state and they, they enjoy. We're in the minority. Yeah, but but they enjoy knowing, I guess, or it, having a little bit more than just hope that when you go out in the woods that you're going to see something incredible. I mean, yeah. that that only exists in so many places around here. Like, I think after our first year in Ohio, there was no doubt. I mean, when go back there, I'm like, we're going to see some big bucks. I mean, that oh, was yeah. that was a guarantee. Yeah, you know. and. You know, so that that was just my point was that dichotomy there of like devil on one side, angel on the other, saying like this is what you said, and then this is this is right. the this is what you do. Yeah. No. Um, but to that point of the, them throwing in uh, the Michigan regulations have changed, so they they threw a, a hundred different rules in this year, and you know all at once is just that was just crazy. 
and it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out this year. And and the same thing. So our property in the UP, and I want to get back to that um, on that shooting a doe thing, is now in the CWD zone up there. So I cannot go anywhere. I have no access to any property that isn't in or bordering the CWD zone in Michigan. Um, so it, it's just it's just crazy. I have to go through and reread all the regulations because I obviously fucked them up last year. Um, so uh, we need to we need to look at them. But to that point about shooting a doe, how many times you know even before there were uh, antler point restrictions, we had our self imposed antler point restrictions. Could you not see a fucking doe? Well, it was all these small bucks just parading around. Yeah. Well, that's just like where we hunt up there in, you know, late. Last year, every time I'd go out, it was just like, you know, I'd get up a tree, hour goes by, hear a deer coming. Oh, looks like a doe. Nope. That's a small buck. And everyone that come by me last year was a small buck. You that's know? not true. Well, I mean, I had one I could have killed. Your eyes were. A couple. That was... You know, the year before. Oh. This this year, this past year was, uh, I saw, you know, I mean, and I, I would, you know, I was completely happy with seeing the bucks, you know, but the, it gets to a point where you'd really like to see something you could shoot. And you that's know? with a legitimate dope permit in his pocket. Right. Yeah, I had a dope permit and I couldn't get a dope underneath me. I had a dope for, for, uh, permit for Lake County last year, public, public land. They were coming in and laying down by me. Oh, I couldn't get a dope around me. <laughs> but you know I and mean, actually i ate that tag you know i did yeah. that one in in uh my 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 restricted too mm-hmm. but and that's something see in the cwd zone i could have tagged that one with with the restricted tag not knowing it but you know that's how it went see he did it <laughs> no i he didn't just, it was just the other way he, i tagged it i tagged it appropriately appropriately yeah. I had my restricted tag left, right? And and uh, the the day that I saw that one buck up there, I thought he was a big six, you know. Never saw the the pins on him, you know, until he gets. <laughs> I could have killed him like ten times, you know, at twenty yards, and then all of a sudden I'm going, man, that's an eight point. <laughs> Oops, nice. Missed him at thirty. Well, now he'll be a big. Say, just oh yeah, he's gonna be huge be this year. This year. And so, that, like I say, for my expectations is like, I just want to, I would really like to shoot something early. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of things. And, you know, your best, you know, the guys like the Dan Infault and like a lot of the, the, the guys say, well, you know, some of your best opportunities are in that first. It, now, granted. It's kind of like what we talk about, about the um, the Wisconsin season, I think, starts in the middle of September. It's a little bit different. I mean, you still have that first thing, that first sit, first unmolested territory, whatever. And if you've got them deer still, still on those patterns. But I, I just think, like, you know, we used to go up to our property in the UP every year for the opener. We used to do opening weekend, go up there for bow, but it was hot. And we just didn't see a lot of bucks. You know, we didn't, uh, we didn't see a lot of deer that we wanted to kill. Right. And 
it was and it was very very apparent the longer that we stayed the fewer deer that we saw i mean they definitely keyed into that oh yeah they know they know you're there and but that was also the old the old style hunting too right uh, not not exactly i mean that was when we were going up there with i mean yeah my brother's my brother drew for sure in uh, my, my buddy Josh, they stick right around the camp because the deer were coming into the feeder, and they just you know they could get a sleep in later, drink more beer, you know, do the the well, whole thing. Then maybe mid, middle of the day, they're out there partridge hunting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if there's any deer that are bedding in certain areas, they're gone. You know, yeah, and they're pushing and, them out. And know? so what ended up happening is we started going up there in the rut, and because there was more deer, there was more you know cruising, more searching, more yeah. chasing. And it was just a that that time frame, but so I've never really focused. Been like, okay, so the early season. It, it's funny because you know we talked to Greg Litzinger a couple times, and he says he's the world's worst rut hunter. But that's like where for me, that's where I've killed all my deer, and it's just I don't think that I'm. I think that's where that luck comes in. I think you know if you're hunting. Well, yeah, when you're hunting the rut, it's going to be. Luck. I mean, you, you got to stack the odds in your favor, mm-hmm. but, but they still got to come by, right? But if you're in the if you're in a good spot where it's you know likely that a buck's going to come cruising through if you if you did some you know a little bit of homework or like in our spot down south we knew that the year prior that's that where same, they were that's where they were they were cruising through there they were cutting this trail they were cutting that trail yeah, so door traffic you know you dictates know, a lot of that too. It's just a matter of having, you know, getting the luck of a, a nicer buck coming through that, which in the rut, you're going to have that opportunity because they're cruising now when you, and they're a little bit dumber. Well, they are. When you, when you talk about, you know, when you'd find that sign within three days, you know, you'd kill him, you know, that's, that's early, you know, you're talking, uh, first week, two weeks of, uh, bow season in Michigan. No, before that. Even? I mean, I, I used to go out every day and walk the last week of September looking specifically for fresh rubs and scrapes that just got hit. And whatever one I thought was the best and the wind was right, that's what I'd sit the first day, two, three. And that's when I was killing those deer. I mean, I wasn't hunting trophy deer. I was hunting bucks. But it uh, it worked well. It it just it just worked real well. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's you know, uh, I think people, you know, I I get away from it a little bit because you know, I I like hunting later in October, you know, more than I like hunting early in October, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's everybody's style of hunting is different, and you know, one thing I didn't know back then, I think about my favorite couple of places or areas that I was real successful out, you know, and, and a couple of them, I didn't realize how close to the bedding areas I really was. Yeah. In which that's, that was a big deal. So. Well, I just read an article um, by John Eberhard and uh, what, what he had said was kind of exactly to that point. So he said he wanted to stay out of the area, you know, I, th- I thought he said four weeks, but it may have been, it seems like it would have had to be two weeks because he was talking about going in mid-September 
and looking for fresh rubs and scrapes. And what is like as soon as those bucks went hard horned, you could verify that they were in the area. And you know, he's obviously done, you know, tons and tons of scouting postseason and he's got a hundred spots lined up. But that's you know, what he's doing is has found these spots and he's verifying that those deer are there, you know, where, you know, even the camera that I put up and that one buck was on there on a different trail that went behind that camera. There was some definite piles of buck shit. I mean, like big deer piles of shit that, you know, it was a big deer for sure that did it. And I put the, put the camera in the place that I did because of, you know, I was expecting from the tracks that were there and I had seen rubs in the area last year. So that's just why I picked that spot. Well, one thing to think about when you see that, if they're anything like uncle Frank, you're not very far from their bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. But, but yeah, so, so for me this year, I'm, I I would like to kill something, anything early. I'm not, as long as it's legal, I'm I'm not going to play, well, let them walk because it's not, you know, what I'm after. Well, it is what you're after. Tillman? Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah, yeah. So for, for filming this year is. So last year, everything is going to be uh, pretty fluid this year as far as what my setup's going to be. Um, but but filming is going to be. Last year I committed to stand and sticks, sold the climber, went to that, and I mean, if you were doing a one man one year case study, it was the greatest decision that I've ever made as far as being successful. Um, but this year, it's going to be film every time, everything, all the time. And that's that's my this year's commitment. But I'll tell you from years past, when I commit to filming everything, I film everything and it's nothing. Because I don't know if it's the focus is more on filming and yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just never seems to work out. I've, but I wasn't not seeing deer. I've got to, I mean. I can make the montage of misses, bad hits, all sorts of dumb shit on me filming. <laughs> well, it's you know, and, and it's 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 no gimme. You know, I mean, it's it's a difficult thing to go out there and film yourself. Oh, self. Well, you it's know, hard enough to go out and to actually sit and kill a deer, let alone yeah, film it by yourself. Complicate things a little. Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a great percentage of people that, uh, you know, they they haven't shot as many deer as you with a bow, which seems and absurd. Bucks too, which is unfortunate you know? because it, that just seems absurd to me. Because I like like I said, you know, I on the Instagram live here, I did a little thing around like the room that we're sitting in. Like that was what I walked into. Like, you know, I'm here to date your daughter. Yeah, tough dad. You know, did you kill all these deer? Yeah, most of them. With a gun or a bow. Mostly with a bow. And there's fucking 30 dead fucking sets of antlers in this room. Well, there's six of them over there underneath them sweatshirts. Someday you'll have to do the wall of shame. 
Yeah, yeah, but oh, yeah, and then the in the garage, there's another thirty that tasted great. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so to say that you know that people haven't shot as many deer with a bow as I have, it's like man, if, if I killed as many as I missed, goddamn, I'd well, you know, that's that's the whole thing, though. You know, a whole other you know, thing, and that, I've had my share of misses and bad hits too. You know, over the years, you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> You know, nobody's perfect. You know, it's like the story you told up at eight at uh, tag, <laughs> empty this quiver. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, mean, it's just that was almost a coronary, though. Man. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a story for another time. Yeah, we don't want to tell that. One. <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's that's going to be a a tale of the garbage man. We need to get that one on film for <laughs> just specific viewing <laughs> you've got to know that you can take it i've got one or two i've been with him that i'll remind him of down the road yeah especially the uh people walking the beagle past their hunt that's uh um i hurt myself laughing on that one that's a true yeah. tale oh, yeah, <laughs> the only thing i wish is i'd have seen it live yeah. um but but yeah, so the, as far as filming, this is in, for everybody right here. Want to talk about filming? Is first of all, John and I need to hunt together and film together, and we need to do that. Oh, I'm 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 convinced that'd be the best way to do it. You know, and it doesn't. You know, um, where we hunt. You know, I mean, like I say, how many. How many monster bucks do we, you know, expect to kill here? You know what I mean? Your well, expectations aren't all that. Here's high. what I'm willing to do. You as my filming partner and hunting <laughs> partner. I'll film the first half of the year if you want to go ahead and film the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break here. Yeah. I'll, I will freaking... Because I'll film the whole month of October. Yeah, right. <laughs> For just a couple weeks. Of two weeks. Yeah. I'll take the second two weeks in November. Yeah, ten days. Ten days in Missouri and, and another <laughs> six days in Nebraska. You know, yes. that'd be great. It's going to be a uh, our out west trip is going to be a a freaking filming extravaganza nightmare. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. I mean, I yeah. think I think. We'll have to have a long range. We'll have to get a, a zoom, a bigger zoom lens or something, well, so you can sit back and. So basically, yeah, well, I, this I, year I, the first can... thing that's going to happen is it's quite obvious you and Johnny are going to take a quick trip out, try to kill an antelope, right? Stalk and stock them with a bull. We're not going to try. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're going to kill. I'm going to kill one if I have to shoot one at 109 yards. South Dakota, of course. Yeah, Pat. After after, uh, <laughs> after my performance Friday. It's, it was lacking. Yeah, so just cut it down to about. So yeah, I mean, five, you know. for that is going to be a lot of filming and trial and error. Yeah, I mean, we do not have a ten thousand dollar lens to throw on the DSLR and no. you know, get right out there. But um, the the cameras that we have and the lenses that I have for the DSLR um, are going to be good enough. To get what's the thing? Isn't there a place where you can rent? Yeah, rent lenses. You could rent whatever, and but 
what's the deal with the with the uh, you, you hook your phone up to the phone scope. phone scope phone the to the uh, spotting spot scope. scope, and those guys are I mean that's legit stuff. Yeah, and, you can, and actually, then um, you could you could copy that or film it right. I mean, yeah. through your phone, your yeah. video, yeah, yeah, yeah and um, but say, I would actually almost the, assume though. Anything you guys get relatively close enough to even think about shooting with a bow, your equipment, your cameras have to be. Yeah, well, but fine. the film, the film guy the is going to be cameraman's going to be way back. This guy could be like out on out on the road. The it's going to be hard enough to get one person in range one of these speed goats, let, let alone two. two I'm and then, telling and you the guys camera. right now, you guys need to hook up with somebody with a horse out there <laughs> because they they stock those antelope. They were walking behind the horse. They walk the right horse. behind the horse, and they get, I mean, finally the one dude goes, all right, he said, just kneel down right there, and I'm going to walk away. And he's he's at full draw. This yeah. thing's like 35 yards or whatever, and the goat's looking around. You know? Well. I saw several of them shot like that on, on the, Take Casey's know. horse out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just get, take a trailer. Take her in white trailer. Just throw Joe in there. Uh, Joe to ain't cut a hole in the trailer. You might have to cut a hole. A great big slot. notch in the top. <laughs> Look like a Flintstone mobile. <laughs> How's your horse? He's out there going. Well, down the road. Uh, fr- from the beginning of the podcast, we do know that we have listeners in South Dakota. So if there's anybody out there that's got. You know, yeah, horses you want to just a, kinda, antelope you know, that they want killed, yeah, right? By some hacks on and, public land. Or, we're gonna we're gonna chase every speed going out of the freaking states. What's gonna? That's, that's well, our, I'll tell you though. The last time, well, you guys were out here just prior to when we went out with the yeah. one, and and I'm telling you what, you see a lot of them, don't you? Yeah, that's what I was drooling the whole time. Yeah. Like there was there was a lot of antelope, different. It, you know, I mean, all over the place, weren't there? And again. Yeah. A couple of Michigan guys, like beyond the bow, the, those guys, Curtis and uh, and Skyler. Look at their video, their uh, Lope Country video on YouTube. I mean, that antelope that they killed when he's got the European mount skull, it doesn't look like that impressive. But from two guys guys from wisconsin you know two guys from michigan i'm not going out there trying to like be like oh is that a 90 inch goat is that a 100 inch like it's it's got horns it's a goat i'm gonna shoot it yeah is it legal it's it's not a female is it (laughs) and and that's that's what we're we're shooting for is just it ain't no dough it's it's just for the experience and for the meat but yeah, but that's going to be prove you can do it too. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, I definitely want to kill something. I mean, but you know, just like our hunt last year. I mean, if we go out and chase around, I mean, it's going to be the experience. And you know, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I fully believe that we will kill something. Well, but I, I've um, been posed this question like a bunch of times, like. So it's again another internal struggle. But did we set our goals high enough? Because we went out there, and it, and you know, we reached all of our goals because we didn't know what we were doing, and we were like, okay, well, whatever. But I mean, well, we went into. How? I mean, there was we came close. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, uh, for two guys, 
Never calling. Never called an elk before. Never, you know, stepped foot in elk woods. We went out there and, yeah, and, and it wasn't even like there was a dense population of elk. Right. But the one thing that we had was there wasn't a dense population of hunters, hunters. either. So we had, we could go out there and fuck it up until the point we finally got into the elk. Right. But when we did, like, especially that last day when we had the shooter, you know, the big bull, that interaction was like what it's what we've seen on Born and Raised. I mean, that right there was, I mean. That's what you guys if we If we could have had that on film. Right. It Pe- people would understand. Like, right. What it was. That was a, I mean, right, I don't give it. I don't give a shit if I killed him at that point just to interact with that bull and have the experience I did. That was worth every minute of the. But see, the thing, I, but the difference is, I think the the difference between that and the antelope hunting gig is that it's kind of like either how alert these animals are going to be. So if you, if they're rutting or if they're, pressured or if you know it, it's only going to be on you there isn't i mean it's, it's kind of like turkeys like so i would imagine and i've never hunted turkeys in the fall but what i what i have seen from turkeys in the fall is if i would have had a tag in my pocket the turkeys just kind of walked by because they're not being hunted super hard so it wouldn't have you could be a very lackadaisical turkey hunter in well, you're you're really not trying to call them in the fall unless you do the you know really break them but, up, but the break key. them up the flocks and key key them you know and stuff but, like that. But that's what I'm saying. So for these antelope, you know, you're not going to be calling them in. You, you're gonna it's going to be like one on one, right? Well, like yeah, don't so, fuck it up. Well, see, that's the <laughs> I have. It's a com- completely set different set of expectations. I know we're going to go out and see antelope. Oh, yeah, I know we're going to go out. It's just going to be a matter of how many times we fuck it up till we finally get it right, right. or right. chase them. That's what I'm saying. Chase yeah. them. It's going to be a war of attrition, right? Because so, you're not you, just going to go out there and kill the first one you see because they're just not. They're you, first of all, they got some of the best eyesight, right? And you're you're in terrain that you know they can see it for, and for, we're not familiar with, right? For a mile away, and so you're going to have to, you know, like you said, it's going to be trial and error. See what works out, you know, and if uh, if we do have some of them pop up or them head mounted? Freaking, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys need to go the you know go with the hats and go go with the, deal, the the Montana decoy. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, you poop an area up, you drive down the road ten miles. Hey, there's some more. Exactly, you know? that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> that's know? what I'm saying. So if, you know what I mean? I have every expectation of going out there and killing something right. because I know we're going to see them. It's just going to be a matter of right how many opportunities we get and. How many times we fuck it up. Right. But not like the elk, because we were going out there and we knew that we're going into a, a low density well, it's population. It's a much different, much different scenario, too. You guys are up in the mountains. You know, right. you got to hike back in there. You're, you're, yeah, we you're were staying you know, up in there. We weren't you just, know, you know it's, it's, it's not like, you know, yeah, well, I, yeah I, there they I, are. I would know. just say, like, I was just saying, like, to say, like, well, you know, I, we know we're going to get opportunities, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's, it's going to happen. It's just. Yeah. Oh, I fully expect to shoot six arrows. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> take lots, gonna empty my lots of arrows cover. with you. <laughs> you do the Uncle Frank. I'm gonna roll up with my tack uh, cartridge. Yep, <laughs> and so we're gonna <laughs> the expando quiver. 
we're gonna go ahead and <laughs> film that whole thing and try and make that experience available to the listener. <laughs> um, oh, and, and that's just gonna be John and I. These retired folks have to. Uh, they got their camp and gig, so they gotta camp. pull their fifth wheels and their shorts oh, up to their nipples and their yeah, white socks that's, and sandals. That's just and, uh, prior to the uh, the bow season here too. Fifteen right, day so. trip to Missouri and Nebraska. Yeah. Well, we got the whole month of October though to hunt here. Oh, absolutely. You know, we don't leave till thirty first. Right. October. We don't so, leave till just about Halloween. Yeah. Before we get into that, so John, what is your expectations for the season the white tail white season, season? Uh, i i just want to get out there and you know i'm gonna hopefully be able to hunt with my son again this year i want to get my expect where my goal is to get him a deer and if not i mean i'm definitely gonna, i'm not gonna wait till the last minute now will you consider shooting maybe a lesser deer that you had you know your standards set on last year no, I'll still shoot. I mean, I'll get them on film. Well, maybe. I, I mean, you know, what I'm saying after you went through the season last year, and you had you had that one buck that kind of liked you, and he was around you quite a bit. Yeah, you know? but I wasn't. I, no, I wouldn't have killed him. I mean, no? only because I know Jet. That was in the restricted area, and it was a, right. a buck that Jet could shoot right and get one under his belt. Right. So I'm not gonna. And he was a dummy. I mean, but <laughs> but wouldn't you consider him shooting a doe too? Oh, absolutely. You know? No, Jack can shoot whatever he wanted. That's what, I'm, that's what just, I'm saying, though. Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, Jack can shoot. Yeah. I'm yeah, saying, but, you know, hey, if, you know, but I've so, always told you guys, you know. Yeah, so what I. Get yeah, a few under your belt. Oh, trust me. He, he'll he shoot. He's not a. He's not down. Opposed to shooting. He's not opposed dough. to shooting well, dough. He's cool. He was upset. He's like, the dough came in last year at that, you know, that last day we were up there. And, you know, it got downwind. Oh, he was pissed. You know, he's like. She came down the wrong runway, and then she smelled me. That's that's like, well, I, Yeah, I'm like, at least you've seen something. I'm like, you know, how many days when I was your age that I sat and didn't see you. shit. Oh man! So, <laughs> how many days I sat and had deer snort at me every set? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I can. The, the one that comes to mind is when we were up there in Stonington, and we found that spot where. There were more rubs in this area. <laughs> they were huge. That were, <laughs> I mean, huge rubs, like, you know, trees snapped off, like, just giant. Scrapes. Remember all the everything. scrapes and everything? So, I'm like, I'm going to sit here. I sat there from dark till dark. And the day before, I had seen, like, six or seven does. I had them just walk right underneath me. But we were, we were looking at this sign. It was like, man, this is going to happen. This is, I mean, we were first week in november you know november 5th something like that yeah and uh, so then i moved up just a little bit sat there from dark to dark and then these guys were going to come pick me up and i had to walk up to the road and i don't know if you guys went to the store or what you did but i got down probably out of beer <laughs> yeah and i, I <laughs> think that down. was the case but i got down the case and i walked no, up there 30 and they said it was right at dark they seen that buck cross the road cross the road and, and Drop down right where I was at, but you talk about like anticipation. That was like ten hours of just sitting, you know, knowing you're going to see it. Oh, yeah. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just like, all right. It's, I mean, the the sign was the most incredible thing that I've ever seen since. I don't think all I've the ever rubs seen that we that, like that, that we saw that in much. Idaho that were 
elk rubs. Hmm. It was just like this spot was destroyed. And it wasn't like it happened long ago. Uh-uh. It was like it just kept on going. And it was like, if you don't sit here. He's going to be deep. This deer spent a lot of time right there. Uh-huh. And, man. Yeah, he about. came across the road when we were coming back there. That's right. He did. He crossed going to the west right there. And I've, I mean, I've said a lot of sits where you don't see anything, but that's one of the ones where you're on pins and needles, like, any time Every now. noise, yep. you know. It's like, oh, here, here he comes. Well, yeah. see, and that was a setup, too, there, where, you know, across the road is all jack pines and just bullshit and everything over there. Wow. And then, remember the, the, the oaks that were down by the, the boat ramp and stuff in there? Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, they, they talk about those overlooked spots and stuff, like, where I sat the first day, I could see the, like, where you self-pay for the boat ramp. I mean, I could see that. That's where and these deer come right right to me. But it was, you know, November, so all of that was blocked off. The area's closed and, and yada, yada. So it, it was just crazy. But, yeah, he, at least he seen something. So yeah. is, is he jacked up about hunting this year as well? Or yeah, he's just probably about girls, huh? No, he's you know getting his driver's license. Oh, he's, yeah. You know, got basketball, all that stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, nice when I got my license, he had steam engines back then. <laughs> I do need to uh, work with him on. He's he's doing the same thing that you. He can't hold. He's holding low, holding low, holding low. Yeah. I think some of that has to do it. He plays those damn video games. Could be. And they do that, you know, jump shoot, twitch shoot, whatever they want to call it. And he's like, he does it with his his bow. We, well, we went up and shot four bees. And- I found that that, that uh, one show, the American Archer, was it? With uh, Tom Nelson. Remember that? We're... His old coach. Yeah, and he told him him just to look at, just stare at the spot. Don't do anything else. Just when you make that draw, you look at the spot you want to shoot. And I've been doing that, and I'll tell you what, my pin comes right in there. You know, it it has helped me immensely how I I shoot. Yeah, he just tells you to quit focusing on your pin. Well, and I always, you know, and that's what I got doing. I was focusing on the pin, man, and and that's what gives you that, you know, anticipation deal. That and then you're worrying about your trigger and all that. Oh, so that's yeah. what, like that was the problem I was having with my thumb release. So yeah. it's like well, somebody else is having trouble with the thumb release. <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> that silver back or Ooh. any of the back tensions like that. Well, yeah, you want to know what what helped me with that and is picking my elbow up. You, you know what I was saying? Like I wish there was like a form thing that would allow me to do that and you're like oh, that's the that's target man like not being able to bring that up and, and, and whatever like when i come to full draw and i'm focusing so hard on everything like right now like my elbow is when i pull that elbow up in it tightens everything up and brings it on that same plane like right into where my eye is is looking yeah. and that that's just the one more thing for me that they, like actually, you know, they like always talked in. about keep that back tension, back tension. Well, that's part of it right there. Mm-hmm. If you shoot with a low elbow, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, you're screwed. You're you're not going to have that. You got to bring you that up. You know what I mean. 
your arm, you know, you want to look like a cross. Yep. Mm-hmm. Elbow high, and then you just squeeze through. Where, but you know, even when you're shooting the, even when I'm shooting my thumb trigger good, then all of a sudden I start getting tired or whatever, and I don't know if my front shoulders collapse or whatever. But then you start thinking, and it's like it's not going off. It's not going off. See, then, then, then it's like then then, I'm like oh I'm on well, that was what Punch that's it. one of the things that I was doing like and I like I said I've been working on it well I draw back and I you were mentioning like where I was putting my thumb and I wasn't I I, I was nervous so I wasn't I wasn't like preloading that mm-hmm. like what needs to happen for the actual mechanics right. but I draw back and be like, just pulling, 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 and then I'd like, like it's supposed to go off, and then I just pull it away from my face, and I was like, oh my god, like, you know, and then pull it back, and then I just hit the trigger, and I just essentially give up at that point. Right. But so back to Jet, have you given him the silver back and just said, no? Well, we haven't shot again since. I, matter of fact, that that was the last day I shot too. So I'd been busy for the last couple of weeks. Right. But, oh, no, he's definitely getting to the bees. Yeah, workshop. How do you do up there? He did okay, but he was doing that deal. Huh? Yeah, he was suffering from that. He was, well, I would, that I would, you know, I would the just, other thing too is oh, more shit here. But don't tell my wife that. <laughs> but no, we had like last last fall or last winter during right before the leagues started he we had messed with his bow it was before he decided not to shoot leagues but i had cranked his bow up and so his pins were off too so like all of his sight so all of his you know like his his sight tape was off so we got up there and of course you know we sighted in for 20 and i just had him shoot all the 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 short course basically or the you know 20 to 23 yards and so that's a little unnerving too when you do that right you know you you're like well when you have confidence in your equipment you're going to shoot better you know when Absolutely. you're not sure of it it's like well so but he's shoot he's pulling he can shoot my bow now he's almost six foot tall he's yeah he's big he's grown a lot he can pull 70 pounds easy so, so he's ready to go so i just need to I'm going to end up having to get him a new bow. Just, and then that way I'm going to, I'll keep that infinite edge. Or whatever. So, we're kind of getting off the. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Like I said, just going back to your yeah. expectation. Yeah. So, my expectation him. is just, I'm going to film. And when he's not hunting, then I'll focus on myself and, you know, just try to kill some deer. But I don't have any big bucks or anything i haven't even scouted or nothing it's just gonna be the old spots and then for you frank michigan mm-hmm. right so we talked about you know there's guys out there that maybe haven't killed a deer yet maybe haven't killed a buck yet maybe haven't you know put it all together got those few under their belt and it's really easy to listen to podcasts or uh, look at social media and you're supposed to be doing your food plots. You're supposed to be uh, checking your cameras. You're supposed to be 
scouting maps and looking at all this and doing all this stuff. Well, if you, well, not if you, we'll say that you personally aren't doing any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got these spots built up in your mind from hundreds of years ago. And you know, you know, you, you, thousands of sits mm-hmm. in these different areas. And you're just falling back on that experience. So what do you say to a guy who doesn't have that experience? When you go in, and I already kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but so one thing that comes to mind is that that deer that I killed last year, even the year before, you said, no cameras out, no anything. You said, there's a good buck in there. I killed that deer and you said, I told you there was a good buck in there. It isn't Henry the third with the one drop tine and then, you know, the other one, you know, mm-hmm. skinny, that one. Uh, he He's not ready yet. It's it's not like we've got these deer picked out. Well, this, like this you'd is, never even seen that deer. No. Till he was dead. Right. And, and, it, and it could have been, maybe it was a different deer, but. I knew there was a high caliber deer in there, uh, and that's public land, and it and it's a very very much used public land. And I went, what I did, what you consider high pressure, yeah. And what I did was just, I found the, the big sign, you know. I mean, if you if you look at rubs, you know, you can tell pretty much what they are, you know. I mean, to a certain extent, but. This deer was rubbing huge trees, and I looked and I found big tracks. You know, that's that's no no fooling right there. You know what I mean? It's it's when you see a track that size, you know what that is. That's not a that's not an old doe or whatever. You know what I mean? That's a big boy. You know, so there we knew he was in oh, there. Little deer don't least. have big feet. No, for sure. But that that deal right there was uh, absolutely. Uh, we knew there was one in there the year before. But so if if you don't have if, or, or know what to look for, you mean? Or, well, or, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm. This is kind of getting is, at. Is like, so what happens if you if you feel and, and you know I've hunted public land all my life. Ernie has too, you know. And you guys hunt hunt public a lot. Here, here's my my deal. What I would suggest if you're if you're not. An experienced bow hunter, do some walking, you know, that September deal, you know, find deer, deer sign, crap, you know, you're going to find deer shit, you're going to find maybe some rubs, try to be around some water, you know, where, you know, they're going to have water and feed, you know, and basically... You can cover cover in between there, you know, or whatever, you know. I mean, you'll you'll see the the sign, you know, as it as it keeps picking up, you know. You just drive around and you find the tracks that cross the dirt road. Well, that well, you just that. drive around till you see a truck park, <laughs> and then you just get out and you follow his, you know, yeah. and then you just. Steal his spot, right? Or just uh, go it, to talk it, to him. Like, hey, it, you hunt no, here? No, I say it's not. It's not rocket science, but it's it's like you know, I when Ernie and I started hunting together 
you know, it'd just get to a point where he'd say, uh, what looks good to you right here? He says, that tree looked good or what? You know, didn't you? And I, and I, I'd say, yeah, that, that one right there. I think, and he, well, back, many, back then too, I mean, you go out to the Jennings farm, whatever you want to call it, yeah. many, many moons ago when that place was good, they were everywhere. But, but I mean, we killed a lot of bucks that way, didn't we? Yeah. And I think know? one thing in that is like, so when you say just go do some walking around, um, that can also be intimidating. Um, you're going to follow wherever everybody else follows. So I, for me, and this is, this has taken me a long, long, long time because it, John can attest to this. My brother can attest to it from our turkey hunting adventure this year. And my brother says, you know, Frank, is there a piece of public land in Michigan that you haven't <laughs> set foot on? But, you know, he'll tell me, all right, tomorrow you need to go out there. You need to go down here, go down to this. There's a tree that looks like this. Just walk in there and then go back. You know, and you know the log that that has yeah. this. Yeah, it's got some moss on the south a, side of it. Take a know. left there, and <laughs> and and it can be super intimidating because this is big stuff. And if you know, my, my uncle that I work with every day is afraid of the dark. You know, so like when you're trying to traverse this where there's no natural light, where there's no nothing, you're trying to get in there early, and you're trying to find this spot it's real easy to just gravitate towards the easy place or whatever. And so going in a little bit earlier in the season, we can go in at noon and with tools like Onyx, I mean, all the scouting that I've done, turn that breadcrumb tracker on and just follow your way through in and out. And like this past weekend when I was looking for an alternate access to get in, I mean, because the one way that I walk in, I walk through all of this thick, nasty bedding area, but I get to this like moat where it's like waist high water and it's over the hip boots. It's over my regular boots. There's only one place where I can cross it and trying to find that in the dark is almost impossible, even with Onyx, because it's not right to the log that you have to step on. And so I was looking for alternate access. I'm following around. I'm just... You know, I'm I'm confident as to where I'm going, but I got into a spot where I was like, I know I've been here before. And then I opened up Onyx, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is where I ha- I actually crossed a big thing of water to get here. So there is, that's how these other guys got in there because I found some stands on there. These motherfuckers are hardcore. Like, you know, this is <laughs> they had the land bridge. <laughs> I know they, they just walked. Yeah, you know, just like, walked in. That's yeah. all dry. What are you talking yeah. about? I was like, this is crazy. You don't, you don't walk through to, the pond. You don't yeah. have to go through. You don't have to swim the pond to get there every time, you know? So, but anyways, you know, I, with that, now look on Onyx. Look at, set that breadcrumb. Find those just deer tracks. And then one thing that Frank's told me forever, and it's one thing that's actually helped me navigate a lot through the woods especially in dense woods is look for the transitions and like openings because you can see that even in the dark on the skyline where it, where it changes. And then when you're looking at your map on Onyx or whatever, 
and then deer like those transitions. So any hard corner, you know, where terrain turns from one thing to the other. And this isn't to get you on big bucks or whatever, but it'll get you on deer for sure. Well, that's the biggest thing, you know what I mean? Like you say, you know, you want to find deer sign, you know, deer shit, you know, see where they've been eating, see where they've been traveling, you know, and find a water source or a food source, you know. Well, we've all heard the term, we've all heard the term bottlenecks, things like that. They exist, but you're not going to just walk into the woods and go, hey, there's a bottleneck. Right. It takes a little time to figure it out. You may hunt it. I mean, one of my best spots over on some public land years ago before the inline winds came. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hunted like two weeks, and I finally figured out, thank thank goodness to crusty snow one day, yep. all these different runs were gathering up behind me like 100 yards and paralleling this real heavy stuff. Right. And then they would cross in a bunch of different places. So it was like all these bloodlines kind of in, narrowed down, and then they started falling off. So once I found that spot, it was heaven for years until the in the late ni- earlier late nine late 90s late when the inline winds come in and yeah. completely ruined it wiped it out devastated that spot but, i mean it took a little time but you know yeah you're gonna have to spend some time you're not gonna walk in and go oh no. i found it but then again that you might happen. you know you never know well it's possible it's possible but you can get yeah, close if you, if you start doing you your homework on find them, deer just yeah. yeah, biggest thing is just find the deer, find where the deer are. Go are, are, boot them up. Go chase them. Yeah. I mean, oh, man, find I, them. I just jumped some deer there. Well, they're bedding there. You know what I mean? Well, you can see all that. Like, when you use your Onyx, you use Google Maps, you yeah. can see the different transition lines. Right. Well, you know, even, even yeah. like I say, the biggest thing that I used to do is, is before all this stuff come about, you know, just make sure you got a damn good compass. Maybe two of them with you, you know? Yeah. Because. Well. Well, I always carry a compass with me also because I, I mean, hell, oh, I've yeah. lost my ju- oh, GPS. Yeah. I've left oh, it right yeah. in the woods. So, you know, no I mean, service I, too or yeah, something yeah. or it runs well, out of battery or something, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah, that's the one thing too about Onyx. I mean, if there's people out there, they're going to go and buy it. They've never used it before. You have to download your area. And how many times has it happened just this year in turkey season where, like, shit, did you download off. it? I'm like, no, I didn't download that I, next I, yeah, section. We're one road off of where we needed it. We don't have shit for service. Right. You can still see where you're at. It still, it still works. It shows you a blue dot of where you're at. It just doesn't tell you who owns the property, right, right. where you're exactly you're at, or anything like that. It's just a blur. Yeah. Um, it could still get you back to your truck, but, but you're, you're not going to know. You know, every podcast, every article you read, every anything that you're going to see is going to say, don't hunt where it looks good on onyx and easy to get to because uh, every field edge every you know in a lot of these places i mean hell like the place that we we hunt if you go on the one side where we turkey hunt if you look on onyx you know it looks like a long ways from like the nearest road or the parking but there's little two tracks and stuff that go there and so you have to go in there and physically see where the gates are and then there's you know big fields and if you were just to set on the edge of that field you would think it was great until about prime time, and then the asshole with the crossbow comes wandering by you, going like, hey, how's it going, John? I'm going uh, over here. That may have happened in Ohio, but it, <laughs> it would certainly happen in Michigan. We just don't we do not do that. Yeah. We don't sit that close here. Yeah, it's just a matter of just getting out there and putting your time in. But 
you know, that I, I feel like that's one of those things where for, like I said, we're sitting in a room with a million dead deer. And, uh, and he's saying, there's people out there that have not killed as many deer as I have. And it's like, you got to remember that it isn't like second nature to everybody. Like you don't just, you know, like I took my daughter out, we were looking for deer with binoculars and she told me, she said, she was looking at the antlers that I have that are waiting to go to the taxidermist. And she says, dad, you should have brought my bow. I could have got a head for that deer. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, not everybody was brought up that way or like always looking for deer and looking for deer sign and looking for that. So, you know, you can be late to the game and it doesn't always like putting in your time. Like if you just walk the trails that everybody else walks and yeah, well that's, I mean, just go out and well, there's a difference between putting time in and, and uh, putting time in, Intelligently, I mean, once once you learn, you know what you're looking for. That's I guess is easy for me to explain it. Once you know what you're looking for out there, it it becomes a little easier to you. You know, I would think. You know, and the other thing too is, you know, you might go out and scout a spot, even if it's even if it's way back in the shit tangles, like no one's going to be in here, and then all of a sudden. Don't put all your freaking eggs in one basket because I guarantee you someone else has been out there. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. You get out there, next thing you got three tree stands. So Don't. Like, oh. Let's say, let's say this. You know, you guys were, were laughing about, you know, we're looking at the deer tracks across the road. Sometimes, man, it's it's 100 yards from the road ain't a bad spot, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, you're everybody – tries to get as far back as they can most of the time you know they're trying to oh yeah we got to go back here by this secret lake back here or this and that you know okay those deer across the road don't turn a lot of areas yeah and if those does are crossing the road those bucks are crossing the road too you know but you're getting you're getting to like a again again one of those time frame things true true why i wanted to know like what it is that you're looking for at the in the early season or or whatever is because John can attest to this and I I I honestly I think the only time that was the the eight point two years ago that Frank's killed the buck when I was with him. I think. Um other than the Button buck that fit in the cavity of Chris's deer, but that's another deer for another day. Um, but uh, has the uncanny ability, and especially in that not great time in October, I guess the the, the pre rut October um, low, yeah. But to just go in and say this looks like a good tree, and then kill a buck. Before it's even remotely dark, you know. So just to go in and and that's that's one of the things I think hasn't been like a sticking point, but like as we talk more about buck betting and targeting big bucks and stuff, 
Frank gets a little on edge because he's like, you know, what's wrong with the way that I hunt? I've killed fucking more deer than CWD. Like, I don't understand what's the, <laughs> you know, what's what's the problem here? Um, but it's more of a hunting deer than hunting a deer, right? And it's more of a saying, there's a good buck somewhere around here, and then also saying, the bird in the hand is better than one in the bush, and this one's right here, so I'm kill them too so that's the way i was raised though. right you know, that's the way but but up. that's what i'm saying so like when you are saying that these are the things that you need to look for and this is how you need to kind of progress through and especially over the because does your scouting change or like what you're looking at for sign change throughout the year um well you're looking you're looking for you know toward towards november there you're looking for for more buck sign right i mean that's what we tend to do but we still look for deer sign you know i mean if you're in an area where they're feeding i get yeah i get in november i want to be with where the does are yeah you know and had heavy cover where the does are near the bedding areas but and you'll you know, find you know uh, a higher concentration of deer shit you know or whatever you know and and that's you know you have to eat you have to have a place to be and water you know, right. we talked about that before. That yeah. does not have to be all in 100 yards. No. Yeah, um, looking at the bigger picture helps if you can. But for a, a beginner or something like that to go out there, gosh, um, I'm trying to remember way back when I started. I mean, I just wandered off a dirt road one time, followed a runway back in, and killed my first deer with a bow. First year I hunted. A pair of corduroys on, sitting in a white bucket with lumber nailed in a tree. I had a flannel shirt and a ball cap on backwards, three arrows in my right hand, and a old blacktail hunter in my left hand. But I followed a, a runway that had tracks in it. I went back. I got in the tree. I mean, well, I think that's that, how we did it. That's then. why the 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 rut hunt for me seems to be you know what, when I listen to these guys that kill big deer and they're like oh you know anybody can kill one in the rut or I'm not good at hunting the rut it's like I, I just know where to see deer like I don't ever I've never in my life said I've saw I saw this deer and now I've made it my life's goal to kill him. Um, I've just always said, well, I know this is where the deer are, and the closer we get to the rut, the deer aren't really changing. I mean, those deer are still going to use this runway, and this is a good spot from here to there, or historically, at this time, these deer are still using this one. And then whatever comes by, that's just kind of the way that it is. And that's, but that's a, a like, like you said, John the old time mentality of, you know, sitting in box blind and stuff like that. Like we never did that. It was just like, this is where he sat and hopefully something comes by. And as soon as I shifted to like, well, I saw a deer over there, so I'm going to go over there. My odds increased right. dramatically sure. and it wasn't caliber of deer. I mean, you get, you get lucky. Well, if you see a deer, the one that go along an edge, you know, then, the next day you're sitting in that same tree and, and another deer or three or four deer go along that edge. You right. say, 
I should be on that edge. You know what I mean? Over there. Yeah, you got to be really obvious, re- reactive. You, know? you yeah. got to be very reactive. You got to you got to be able to change. You know, you're. That's why. That's why I would rather in in when you can. I use you know a portable stand. You know, climber. And like I say, I uh, had good success that way. You know, just by just by moving. You might only move a couple hundred yards, you know, or you might move farther than that. But you can do that with the, the hanging. Well, yeah, the stuff they got today, you know, I mean, sure, you know. I mean, we've spent the majority of our life hunting the lay of the land, as we know through our history of hunting where to be. And we're relying on the fact that these up-and-coming deer or bucks right, or whatever right. are also going to use and it holds a large amount of truth that they'll use the lay of the land. Um, deer do that. We do that as humans. We use the lay of the land. We got roads and, and, yeah, and whatnot. But if you if you take all the spots, I I think back at you know all the spots you know where I've killed bucks you know and you think my God you know what I mean it's just like this particular spot I know why they came here this this particular spot so all of a sudden you'll get one you go i don't know why that deer came here but he made a mistake you know what i mean but at the time did you know that were Um, you hunting it because of that or uh, no 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 it was just like you know i I was hunting it because i thought you know man this looks good i'm gonna sit right yeah it does i mean it that's the way i used to do it that's the way he still does it you walk in and he'll say this this tree just talked to me just that's a tree you know, I mean, that's that's one of the things where I, I've done that so many times. Just walk out in the woods. You know, even with Jet, when he was, you know, a few years younger. And, and like, just looking at the sign, like, you know what? This is the spot. And then you sit down, and then you have deer walk within 20 yards. It right. might not be a shooter. Right. But you still, it's like, for you to be able to walk out and look in the woods and just, you know, figure it out. And then have the deer come by I, there's not that many deer in the woods that you just pick a tree and you're going to have something come by. You know what I mean? Yeah. and it, Maybe there is, but I don't think uh, so. Usually well, that, your odds, that you know. Six point that I killed you. last year is, is that. I I walked through there. I marked it on Onyx, and I was like, you kill a buck right here. I messed up the one in the morning, and I said, well, I'm going to go back and give it a whirl. And I walked right back to that spot. I wasn't in the tree for 45 minutes, and it's just like, it was just the way that Frank always outlines it, you know, like, you know, there's just, that's where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I'm starting to figure that out, but it's, it just seems like certain times a year, the deer will be in certain areas. And for me, it's always been closer to the rut because it's like, this is where the deer are so i just go to the deer and again you can listen to a million podcasts and they're all going to tell you the same thing like and especially when you get into the mobile hunting realm is that you can sit your preset stands and sets and all that you can sit there and watch those deer at 300 yards and go man i just really hope he comes over here or you can sit there once or twice a morning and an evening and say, man, all of you are fucking over there, so I need I to get, get over there. I need to get That's closer. Right. To That's that. right. You got to make a move. And it's the, you Just know, hope you're not 
you just got to be careful. That's the observation stance. You're that's, with, that's with wind, too. You know what I mean? You got to have the right wind to hunt a certain spot, you know, or otherwise you're going to blow I've done it during it. the day. Yeah. 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 All day sets yeah, in that's, November, Lake County. Yep. Seen what was going on. Then it happens enough, you go, got to go. Down went over there. Yep. Kill deer. Oh, yeah. As long as the conditions are right. Because yep. if if the conditions, it, it depends on the hunt, too. Like, if you're only in a, if you're in an area for a week. And you're never coming back, or you're not coming back this year, and it's like, well, it's all or nothing at this point. You got to roll the dice, yeah, dude. Yeah. If the wind's going to fuck me, I'm going to be fucked regardless. I'm either going to go sit in the truck, and or I'm going to sit here and watch the deer walk away, or I'm going to go over there and either bump them. Or, you know, and sometimes you don't know it, that wind might feel like it's it's bad, and it might be good. Just like yeah. what happened to me last year, I I thought the wind was perfect. You know, whatever it. It was swirling. I didn't have my freaking uh, milkweed. I had my scent checker bottle, but that stuff dissipates so fast you can't see what it does now, after you, you, it leaves you. You pop that milkweed out there and watch it once in a while, man, and it's like over here, then over there. You know what I mean? Things go all through the woods. Yeah. So I was not to change the subject, but I was watching a, a program the other day, and I thought it was one of the neatest things I'd ever seen. Guy self filming with a with a muzzle loader, I think it is. And it's on monster bucks. It was big bucks, you know. And this big buck comes in. And this dude is having like a fit trying to he's he's jerking the camera around and you know, he's trying to aim and the deer's right below him, you know, and finally for the deer got funky and, and went out of ways. He said, but then at the end of this, he says, well, a doe, the hot doe came back through there. And he, then he, you know, so he kills this thing like at 25 yards. Just poleaxed him, right? Boom, right in the front shoulder. Boom. And he's like, he turns the thing, the camera on himself, and he's all happy and everything. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, I thought they were showing a replay of this deal. Camera goes over here, you know. Here comes this other giant, you know. Do, 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 do. That's the one when he racked him? Yeah. He walks right over yeah. to this deer, ears back, dead buck laying on the ground, man. All of a sudden, he starts right in the middle of this deer's back. He starts on Shoving him. Yeah, yeah, just shoving. And he, I mean, he's, you can see it in his legs. He's pushing, pushing, pushing. Finally, he gets up on the front end of him, and he locks horns with this thing, and he's just, and the guy's going, hey, 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 deer, deer. <laughs> Hey, he's he's messing my deer up. He's going like this, didn't he? Yeah. And he's going, "Hey, hey, deer!" You know, I mean, he's yelling at this. Deer. First, he started going, eh, eh, you know, and then he's going, "Deer, hey, deer!" You know. Finally, this buck it was so intense that he backed up, and you could still see his ears were laid back. Where they and then he just kind of goes. He looked the way the doe went, and he just. It was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen, you know? That's what he said. And the guy looks at the camera and goes, do you believe that? <laughs> but he says, he was messing my deer up. He goes, what state? It was, um, I'm trying to think. I don't remember. What farm? <laughs> it, well, it was on a, it was on a, you know. Was it on a ranch? Well, it, the ranch. Fence? No, it North was, American no, Whitetail no, 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 with Stan Potts and the other two guys. They were, you know, they're old boy and they were doing some of the best Film kills. The, the reason that I asked self film is that they were talking uh, self film. 
you guys are headed to Missouri and Nebraska and we're talking expectations and all this. This is Ernie's first year being retired. This is his retirement coup de gras, I guess. The first full Michigan season. And he spent half of it in Missouri and Nebraska. We're going to hunt until almost Halloween here. Yeah. And if, well... If Maybe. we don't fill our tags first, uh, then we might be fishing before we we head out there. You know, but so what is the expectation? Um, public land in Missouri, and then outfitter in Nebraska, and then Ernie, what's your setup going to be? Because you talked about switching to a stand and sticks, uh, being a, one of the more mobile guys when i first started hunting with ernie he had a, like a jansport backpack with ten thousand screwing steps the smallest tree stand i've ever seen in my life oh yeah lock on limit yep. and uh, weighed seven pounds and then he went to climberville and mm-hmm. takes a few naps here and there now um but now you're talking about going back to the mobile setup so have you figured that out and, and then again expectations for missouri nebraska um, based on what we've seen and based on the years we spent in Ohio, I'm pretty optimistic that we'll find and see some nice deer. As far as my setup, I'm taking them all. I will have climber. I will have hang on with ladder sticks and I will have a mobile system with, uh, plus steps, plus tents and a, and a tent. We're going to have tent because we've seen some areas down there that were fabulous where the deer were coming in and out of and not a tree to hunt in and but great spots to cut something in so we're we're going to be fully prepared i mean i think oh yeah i mean right down to the fact that we're staying in a motel with no refrigerator we're taking a fridge with us (laughs) and a freezer and a generator generator. so yeah we're going to go fully loaded and as far as what caliber are of deer are you targeting? I mean, obviously, the bigger the better. But if, uh, I mean, what's the, what is the expectation? Oh, you asking me or Frank? I'm, I'm asking the peanut gallery. Oh, gosh, it's tough. You know, the one I shot in Ohio wasn't really very big. It was a ten point, but it wasn't really very big. It was less than 120 inches. Um, but I'm. I don't know, 125 plus in Missouri. Um, maybe go over to the other place. Well, you know, and they, they they talk about you're going to see 130 to 170. Class. Is there a you know trophy? No, 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 not with him. He he says he said in, in place right next to him killed a 200 incher last yeah. year. So the the possibility of seeing he says he said I I almost guarantee that you're going to see something within 125 to 160 inches you know on your hunt he said and you could see something in 180 or more you know so it you know and and like i say missouri i'm looking at you know what that buck that pj shot that was 130 wasn't it something yeah i mean just a solid frame nice nice 10 I'd shoot, I'd shoot a buck like that in Missouri every day. You know, he don't come by me. 
You know, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> 80, 80 inches. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I'm uh, from from yeah, what yeah, I hope you don't see these tweeners. From what we saw out there, you know, as far as as deer sign and stuff, you know, I, I think that we'll be able to see something pretty decent. You know. I mean, we're going to be That's, there long enough. You know? Yeah, we'll be a learning. Them first four or five days is going to be a yeah. learning curve. You know, I'm not going to step on anybody else's toes, real oh. heavy or nothing. But it's going to take us. That's why we're going nine days. Yeah. So I want to hunt hard at least the last five. But we'll be able to. So we got you know, a few we've days. Got some ideas, you know. We got. We looked at some spots. Frank's going to scout for about two hours. Yeah. Then he's going to say, "You got to get in the tree." I'm going to be in the tree. So I'm going to let him do that. I'll be looking a little longer unless I get real lucky. They you call know, it stumble across. What, what I do is, I mean, it, I I'm going to bump them. It's called if stunting. I have to. I'm going to see them. I scout and hunt at the same time. It's, oh well, yeah, stunt. that's that's what the third <laughs> portfolio of tree stands that I'll have this year is the instead of carrying that climber, right? Where you're very very limited on your trees, um, uh, you know. It wise enough to carry the other one, then you can hunt most any tree, in, in, or belly up to a tree like on the ground. Several cut, of the cut spots a, we saw, brush yourself I mean, you, in. You wouldn't have a problem with a climber anywhere in there. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it. But, but is it the right a, spot? And that, I mean, that well, kind of I think we found it, the right spot in the one. Well, I mean, it could be a hundred guys in there. You don't know. Well, when you see beer cans on the ground, well, I mean, come on, right, uh, man? It was like. Oh, it's ideal. At Around the end, the end of, of end a end water of a re- reservoir, point of water, and tore it up. came up, and, and it's all crops out, you know, all around it. And then oak ridges up in there, big high ridges and stuff, where it came around it. Man, I mean, it was just like paths through there. And then so, we've got a friend that's going out there a few weeks before that. He's going the first week, I think. Yeah. So, so you'll at least have an idea. An idea. But it, and that's a little different area too, though, where he's at. But, but you know, I mean, it's. I think he's staying at this pretty much the same place, or in the same town. I thought maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, like I said, I I just wanted to get our kind of season laid out, expectations, and um, as far as the scouting and things go, I mean, I think there was a lot of good stuff in there for for anybody really but you know i just know that there's guys out there you know even like kyle that we just talked to you know with the arrows mm-hmm. frank wasn't on the microphone probably a good thing i'd add out some of the stuff that's being said in the background or happened in the background i suppose um but you know having only hunted a few times and just trying to take it all in you know it's a it's a it's something that we take for granted, I think, and I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people do, and especially if you've got that one parcel of private land that you've hunted your whole life, and as soon as you try and step off of that, well, you you, you have a different in another another different another uh, aspect too. You remember when they? It's been a few quite a few years ago. They were going to end baiting in Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big controversy about it. And I talked to this guy and his kid, and the kid looked at his dad, you know, I mean, they were, you know, they were saying, we were talking about, you know, well, they're not going to let you bait next year, you know. And he looked right at his dad and he goes, 
how will we hunt? You know? He posed that question to his dad, so you knew his dad didn't know any more than putting a bait pile out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, how will, we, how will we hunt? There's a lot of that you know? out there. And that's that's something that, you know. Well, it's going to, you know, Michigan's going to lose some hunters like that. Oh, yeah. But but here's the thing. You know, the the only place they can you can bait in Ohio is on public or uh, private, private land. Private. And, <clears throat> you know. I'm I, still up in the air about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that part either, you know. But the, it's it's like that in other states too, you know. I don't know. Uh, the majority of the state is private land. <laughs> they don't have near the public land we do here. Oh no. <coughs> yeah. So I mean, that's and we've gonna, got a lot less deer on public land up here too. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about the deer population, but the uh, quality of the deer. Right. I mean, and that could be said for. Probably a lot of the other states, that's just what our experience has been. So you guys might come back from Missouri and say, Oh, I see more deer here than I did in Ohio. But but you may go to... But I've seen more bucks. Quality deer down there. You may go to Missouri and say... Two-thirds of deer I've seen were bucks. Man, the deer we saw in Ohio, we saw twice as many, you know, and and they were good. Certain Nebraska or or, or wherever. But like I said, I just kind of wanted to kind of follow up on how our summers are going kind of in where where our heads are at going into the season season seasons um and so season season well turkey season antelope and then you clowns with the I mean, seven buck tags or whatever you'll have by the by the end of the whole thing um yeah so that's kind of all we've got uh Except for the fact that if you're riding and you're listening to this with your children, which is a poor decision, um, you yeah, got really want me to do this, a, huh? a tale from the garbage man. And Frank said it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It's uh, we got a pre warning. Said if we're going to do this one, there has to be a disclaimer. So turn it off now if you're not into the stories that he's told in the past. So, you know, I was a, a roll-off driver for 17 years, you know, before I retired. Uh, usually, usually, you're uh, when you're when you're on the road, it's like you don't you don't have access to bathrooms and stuff all the time, you know. So it's you know it gets a little dicey every once in a while. And uh, uh, this particular day, I was. Uh, Going from Muskegon to Coopersville, and I got about yeah three quarters of the way over there, you know, and I'm really getting cramped up, you know. I, you know, I'm having a problem, you know. And I said to myself, man, so I'm gonna have to plan this out, you know. So I, when I get in there and they and they put me on the scale, you go in there about. 200 yards and there's a portage on on the left hand side of the road in there before you go up into the landfill so i had it all planned where i figured you know okay the, you know i'll scale in and then i'll just go jump in the portage on well they held me on the scale a little bit you know and then all of a sudden they give me the green light and as soon as they give me the green light i head towards that portage on well, another company, one of the other drivers pulls up and runs in there. You know, he come off the hill from the landfill. 
So I'm thinking, oh, man. I said, I ain't going to make it up to the landfill, you know, go up there and dump and stuff and then come back down. So we had a place where we we kept all of our old tubs and stuff, and, and there was a lot of other companies had tubs out there, and we called it the Boneyard, you know. So I says, well, this is it. I got to go to the Boneyard, you know, and and deal with it out there. So I... I go out into the boneyard and I mean I'm 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 hauling pretty good and I pop the brake, grab a roll of paper towels and I mean I had enough time. There was two forty yard containers sitting there, and I just ran back, got in between them, and when I dropped my pants and bent over, it was like projectile behind me, you know, and as I did it. I heard something, you know, like a vehicle, you know, and I thought, what the? And I turned around, and the dude that checks the gas wells on the old the old cells, I didn't know it. There was a little two-track right there, and he was driving by at the very second that I unleashed the bomb. And this man, if you'd have seen the look on this dude's face, I mean, it was like complete horror, you know. And, and he just kept driving, you know. Well, I, what was I going to do, you know? I mean, I finished what I, my business, you know. <laughs> By the time I left the boneyard, went up up to the tip site, it was already on the CB up there. And Dougie, one of the operators, goes, man, Frank, that guy is going to be scarred for life, he says. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you know, you have to you have to pay attention to your surroundings, I guess, you know. <laughs> That's all I have to say with that one. And that could be applicable to public land as well. <laughs> I imagine that there's probably a few stories out there going around on the other side. <laughs> I saw this guy out hunting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so there's another tale of the garbage man for uh, for the people that have been uh, following along with us for a long time. Frank's, he's been kind of stingy with them. Of late, but we're we're trying to pry them out. Well, stay yeah, there. pry them out. Stay, <laughs> stay tuned uh, for the next podcast, and we'll have one about people walking a beagle. <laughs> yeah, there's a beagle themed uh, on this podcast. It would turn out in your tales from the garbage oh, man. Yeah. If you're just now listening from Wyoming, <laughs> welcome to the shit show. <laughs> so, thanks everybody for tuning in, and that's kind of all we got for this evening, and. Uh, you know, honestly, tell your friends in Wyoming, tell your friends anywhere, Maine, uh, Maine. Uh, you know, we're just a couple regular guys that are having fun and trying to, you know, let people know that it doesn't have to be all about inches and, you know, it's more about the experience and sharing it with the people that, that are around you and uh, just having a good time and enjoying and appreciating the outdoors and the, the things that we have. So, you know, if you like what we're doing, whatever, um, rate us on whatever platform you're um, listening to this on. You know, we've got, you know, tons and tons and tons of downloads. We've got 48 or 41 reviews on iTunes. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I think more people signed up from Wyoming than we have <laughs> reviews uh, today. So, you know, if you guys are listening, you like what we're doing, you know, please, uh, you know, that helps us out. And if there's something that we need to be doing differently, if you don't like 
the Tales from the Garbage Man. Uh, I'll start a whole other podcast, and it'll just be shit stories and <laughs> exploding beagles. But, uh, you know, just let us know, and uh, we appreciate it. Follow along, and uh, thanks for listening. See you. Later. Later.